Peter, Judgment Day has come and gone, and we're screwed. This sport is perpetually screwed because people can't get their heads out of their ass. Uh, Rob Manfred, according to Bob Nightingale, said, quote, we're working on it uh, as of 6.14 p.m. We're working on it. So naturally, I quote tweeted it and said, that's nice, exclamation point. Who gives a shit if you're working on it? Get it done. You're hammering your stress ball right now. I'm hammering my stress ball. And the ball itself was given to me by one of our fearless leaders, Arm Layton's mother, Diane, for Christmas. It was a wonderful present. I actually use it all the time at my desk. What I'm realizing when I squeeze it is that I'm squeezing the problem that I'm mad at. It's an actual baseball. It's a baseball stress ball. But what am I actually mad at? Everything. But I'm just... It's on the owners. Like, I, I am not going to ever be the person who is like, oh, you know, it's kind of both sides. Like, yes, does the MLBPA have their problems? Absolutely. But this is on the owners. This is on Rob Manfred. That's who I'm mad at. That's why I'm squeezing the shit out of this baseball stress ball about to pop this thing. So, yeah, I hear you. I'm with you. I'm an empath in this situation. I just learned that word. That's a 2022 word, right? I feel like you're about to patronize me. No, not at all. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) I just felt like that was a lead up that you're going to get me more mad. No, man, I'm an empath. I don't want that right now. Uh, No, no, no. Here's what I got to say. They were always willing to miss a month of games. Always. I know. Could have told you this on December 1st that they were willing to miss a month of games. Promise. And you know why? They couldn't give less of a fuck. They get to save oh. some money by not paying anybody. They still get the TV deals in full. And the only games they care about are in October. Exactly. The games in April historically do the worst in terms of revenue for these owners. They don't care about April 19th, Twins versus Royals. We do. They could give a shit. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm going to yeah. bet on it, Jack. Yeah, you're right. I I, I yearn I do for like Twins Royals. Guys. I do. I want to watch it. God, when I tell you that I'd do anything for Bailey Ober versus Chris Bubich in Twins Royals on April 19th right now. Shut up. That's not what we need right now. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I could get on like, you know, I, I could just start venting right now and I could, you know, put together like this, this Stephen A start yelling thing. This is blasphemy, all this shit. I'm not going to, I'm just going to say, um, you know, I, and like, I feel like I partially have to defend my stance on this because I've long said that we're going to play less than 162. And I don't like saying that. I don't like being the pessimistic Debbie Downer shithead. Um, I know you guys like thinking that I do like playing that role. I don't (laughs) like playing that role. Um, But now that we're there, now that our fate is sealed, I just want to say it's because you've seen this before. You've seen billionaires, you've seen rich assholes 
want to keep their money. You learn about it in sociology class. You learn about it in economics class. Um, there was, you know, like there's this whole idea of putting money back into the economy, right? And, and you've got, you know, the top 1%, the top 0.1% of the world who control wealth. Isn't it eight people control half the world's wealth right now? Do you Seems know what like they're that. doing? Like Jeff Bezos is not part of the, the, you know, world fund where they have to donate half their wealth. Like these people that make a ton of money and hoard it are pieces of shit. I will say that about all of them. They all have their flaws. I understand that they might donate millions of dollars to charity every year, but you know what? Jeff Bezos isn't McKenzie is because McKenzie has a heart. Um, these people do not care about your fandom. These people do not care that you really want to watch a baseball game in mid-April. All they care about is saving their money, saving $500,000, when in reality, $500,000 to them is a $20 bill for us. It's bullshit. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, today, at least, we're going to go over the best contracts for every single team. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I, well, it's I mean, fun. what we could keep harping on it, but also Derek Jeter stepped down as the CEO of the Marlins. Yeah, we'll Jack get McMullen, first thoughts. That's no, we'll get, we'll, we'll get Aram's thoughts in full there tomorrow. Um, I just wanted to touch on it a little bit. It's crazy. Yeah, want him to get uh, want him to get his thoughts out there. I, I just think it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know enough about the situation. Um, the way that, you know, it's being branded from an outsider perspective is he wanted to build a winner and the Marlins didn't want to build a winner because they want to save money. I don't know if that's totally the case. Like, they just signed Sandy to an extension. They just signed Avi Garcia. There's more to come with the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to try and win baseball games. Do they have the financial means to go win as many baseball games as the Dodgers? Absolutely not. Do they have the financial means to go win as many games as the Phillies? Absolutely not. The only team that comes anywhere close to lacking the financial means of the Miami Marlins is like the Cincinnati Reds, and that might be it. I think there's two sides to this. There's the side of, you know, one side of the fans who say Derek Jeter went there and never built anything, traded away Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, JT Real Muto, and then left. And then the other side is, well, Derek Jeter actually did the best that he could, and he did well with what he could do, and then he left because the ownership wasn't putting enough money into the team for him. So I feel like there's two sides of this. Arm's about to post an article on justbaseball.com detailing a lot of what's happening on the inside. So I'm excited to read that. Also excited to hear Arm's thoughts. But I don't know which side of the pendulum I swing on yet. I need more information. Yeah, I think everybody needs more information. And what he leads the article with is that a lot of Marlins fans are confused right now. Which side are they on? Are they on the side where Derek Jeter was trying to win and ownership was not trying to win? Rest of ownership was not trying to win? Or is it, um, you know, Jeter just kind of fumbled the bag here? And you mentioned traded Stanton and Yelich and Rio Muto because I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a high school English teacher type thing where the answer is yes to both things. Um, now you get mad at me for doing that sometimes, though. Yeah, but like we're, <laughs> we're podcasters. But you're doing it right now, you dick. I'm doing. Yeah, you know what? I'm a hypocrite. That's what I am. <laughs> so you know what I just said? If I ever become a billionaire, I'm not giving any of my money to charity. Yeah. <laughs>
we're gonna clip this podcast jack when you're when you're a multi-billionaire it's like oh what did you donate you're like screw you that's the i'm not the same me anymore yeah yeah you know what i wear fur every day (laughs) every day every single day let's talk about the best well speaking of saving money here (laughs) let's talk about getting the most bang for your buck (laughs) let's talk about just jipping people we branded this like a good Wait, thing this is a good this is a you know we, you know we're also going to give you our worst contracts as well and jack and i were talking pre-record and we thought well if we do worst contracts on the day like this with the negotiations i feel like that's just not a good look but then when I think about it, doing best contracts, it's like great job GMs and owners. Yeah, being so stingy as shit. Maybe either way, there's still a great way to do this, but it's a very interesting topic because there's a lot of steals here. Should we just end the podcast now? Like, should we just say, you know what? This is a lost day. Screw it. We're done. I still think there's a shot to get a deal done. We're recording at 7 p.m. We're currently live on TikTok as well. They got a little time. No, no. All right, let's talk contracts. Actually, you know what? I take that back because Rob said we're working on it. So as long, yeah, they, as long he said as... they're working on it. And Jesse Rogers tweeted out three hours ago that they were that they moved to different sides of the stadium. So, you know, they're walking yeah. around. Yeah. I heard that from 12 to 2, they couldn't get any work done because they also couldn't agree on a lunch order. Mm, um, well, so, you know, you know what I'm going to do now? One. That was a good um, joke. That was a good one. I appreciate Thank you. Um, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going to build a wall for my studio apartment because I need to change the scenery. I think that's what they're doing, moving from one side of the ballpark to the other. Tweet about it after you do it. I will. I will. Good. And uh, while I build the wall, I'm going to say I'm working on it. Yeah. No, that's all you can do. How can anyone blame you? You're working on it. I mean, Come like, on. my Stress heart hurts. Back in hand. Yeah. Stress balls back in hand. Let's talk contracts. Okay, let's talk contracts. What we did, we plucked the best bang for your buck contracts on each team right now. When we started the dialogue this morning, when we wanted to do, you know, worst contracts, it wasn't necessarily worst and it wasn't worse that they've ever dished out. It's who handicaps them the most, who, you know, zip ties the, like the payroll, like, you know, you're, you're in the red with the luxury tax because, oh my God, you're forking over $25 million a year to Jason Hayward for the next two years. That sucks so bad. Um, And then we looked at um, good contracts to hand out. And one quick disclaimer here, when we say best deals right now, we're not talking about arbitration eligible guys or pre-arb eligible guys. Like, Obviously, Juan Soto is the best deal for the Washington Nationals, obviously, but he hasn't signed anything with the Washington Nationals here. So we're going to talk about guys that the team has actually gone ahead and signed to either an extension or to bring them in in free agency. And also a disclaimer, for example, I have the American League, you have the National League, the Rays with Wander Franco that will most likely be their best contract. I assume that only at $200 million, he will be one of the best shortstops in baseball very soon and when you consider the rest of the landscape of how the stars in baseball getting paid 300 plus million 350 plus million we just saw Corey Seager get 325 and you get a young Wander Franco at 200 that's a better contract but there are 
diamonds in the rough here that still overtake some of the big stars. So this isn't just a list of all the stars on each team and which of those stars has the best deal. This is the best contract for the value on each team. Yeah, I I think the Mets are a perfect example to start with. We're going to go one by one here because you look at the Mets, you see them sign Max Scherzer, you see them sign Starling Marte, but the best deal they have on the roster right now is Mark Canna. Mark Canna, a 33-year-old, signed for $12.7 million this year, 11.2 next year, and the Mets have a club option for 12.2 in 2024. Mark Canna is a really solid outfielder. Fringe all-star last year. And I mean, this guy can put together a 300 season with 25 bombs. Maybe not 300, but if we're talking OBP, yeah, no, he can get on base with the best of them. And we were talking about it, you know, right before the lockout happened that Mark Canna was one of our favorite deals that happened over the off season thus far, because it just felt like a steal. This guy's gone on base and especially some of his offensive numbers have been dampened a little bit playing in the Oakland Coliseum, how big that stadium is also with the foul ground, you know, all those pop-ups that just get caught on the back end. He's a really good player. I'm excited to see what he does with the New York Mets. And that's a really solid deal. And it's yeah, off three, to a bang. 300 was kind of crazy here. He's a, he's a lifetime 244 hitter. I'll say 270. Yeah, yeah. I think 270. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, 300. Well, that's a wrap for the history of But we're talking OBP. They got to get some base with the best of them. Yeah. How about the Baltimore Orioles? Start at the bottom of the AL East. Anthony Santander. You know, this is a tough one because the Orioles have three guys that they have signed to contracts. So you got like Jorge Lopez, Anthony Santander, and one other. But he signed a one-year, $3.15 million deal, 2022. He had 18 bombs last year. You know, career 744 OPS guy, pretty solid deal. If you ask me, Anthony said in there. It's fine. (laughs) You want another one that's just depressing as shit? The team that's like 45 minutes away from them. The Washington Nationals, their best deal that they have had somebody sign right now that's on the active roster is Cesar Hernandez. One year, $4 million this past offseason. He covers his age 30. That's good of a deal for him. (laughs) You know, like, listen. Actually, I mean, for Santander either. (laughs) It's a prove-it deal for a guy who can be a platoon to maybe every day on a bad team second baseman. Switch hitter has a little bit of pop. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that Strasburg was the best deal because Strasburg is hurt every single day. No, 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 no. That's not the best deal. It's one of the worst deals. It's one of the worst deals. Yeah. But then your other option is like Patrick Corbin, and we know that's a terrible thing. (laughs) For it. So, like, Cesar Hernandez. All right, how about the Blue Jays? Because this is actually a really good deal. Lourdes Gurriel to a seven-year, $22 million deal. He's only making $3.1 million per year on average. This guy's a really solid player. Had a great year last year for the Blue Jays. And everybody talks about Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez. Lourdes Gurriel is one of the best hitters on the Blue Jays next year. Will be one of the best hitters on the Blue Jays this upcoming year and at $3 million a year. Really love the signing. I'm a big fan of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I, who do you like more, Gurriel or Teoscar Hernandez? Oh, Teoscar. Teoscar is, I'm in love with Teoscar Hernandez. But by Teoscar Hernandez might be the most underrated hitter in baseball. That dude fucking rakes, bro. He's 300 with 35 bombs. 
not very many people can say that. And I bet not a lot of people are bringing Teoscar Hernandez up in like big time best outfielders in baseball conversations, but I am. Teoscar Hernandez fucking rakes. That's the thing. Teoscar and Guriel are both hidden in Canada or Dunedin or Buffalo. Like that's the thing. Bichette, he's wow factor. Vladdy Jr. obviously is wow factor. But then when you turn on a Blue Jays game, you're like, oh, my God, I love Teoscar Hernandez. Oh, my God, yeah. I love Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Yeah, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is a – yeah, I agree with you. You turn on the TV, and Teoscar – I know this is about Gurriel, but now you're getting me turned up on Teoscar. People got to start paying attention to that dude. He's like J.D. Martinez, except kind of like better. Younger and better. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Um, the Marlins' best deal that they have – they just got signed. Sandy Alcantara, five years, $56 million. Three Absolutely. and a half mil this year, six in 2023, nine in 2024, 17 in 25 and 26, and then a club option for $21 million in 2027. He's off the books when he's 31 years old. Sandy, you just locked up during his prime years. I love the extension for the Marlins, but it, it, was, it, was, it was quite a pricey extension for where Alcantara's added in his contract. but love this signing because I think he's one of the top 15 arms in all of baseball. And that might sound a little blasphemous when you hear Sandy Alcantara is top 15. Yes. He was one of four pitchers last year, throw over 200 innings. I use that stat constantly because I love that stat. I love dudes who are durable as shit. Like Sandy is throwing hundred miles an hour with the breaking ball. He's a phenomenal pitcher and it's a great signing. Yeah. hundred percent. How about the Tampa Bay Rays? Brandon Lau. Remember we were talking about Wander Franco. Brandon Lau is one of the best second basemen in baseball. Six-year deal worth $24 million. What a steal for the Tampa Bay Rays. Who, and why do they need to spend money? They'll just give $4 million to Brandon Lau, and he'll turn into one of the best second basemen in the entire sport. I I don't love Brandon Lau, but I love him at the same time. Like I understand why you don't, because in the playoffs, he has been anemic. Like He's just not a clutch playoff big-time performer, or at least he hasn't showed that yet. But regular season statistics, the dude rakes. He's he hit someone with forty home runs last year. Was that the best power season from a second baseman since Dan Ugla? I mean, we'd have to go back through it, but but off Cano, the top of my maybe, head, yes, Utley maybe. No, I don't, don't think, think so. so. Semyon. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> he just huh. hit like forty. How about at it? second base? <laughs> um. Atlanta, I couldn't decide between two of them. And these are like the two best deals in baseball, and they're both on the same team, Acuna and Albies. Acuna signed eight years, $100 million. 15 this year, 17 every year until 2027 with club options at $17 million in 2027 and 2028. He's an unrestricted free agent after his age 30 season. So you just signed a top three player in baseball when healthy through age 30 for eight years, $100 million. And then Albies is historically one of the most disrespectful contracts ever, but great for the Atlanta Braves. Seven years, 35. X5 this year, $7 million for the three after that. Club options at $7 million in 2026 and 2027. He gets off the books when he turns 31. That's why I get so pissed when the Braves didn't sign Freddie Freeman immediately. You already got two dudes. But you basically robbed. Go get Freddie. What are you doing? What you are you robbed doing? Ozzie Albies. Robbed Ozzie Albies. I mean, millions of dollars, I guess, technically isn't robbing. 
But in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to Major League Baseball contracts, it was a highway robbery. Yeah. How about the Red Sox? Kike Hernandez, two years, 14 million. Then the dude rakes. He was one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball, but he can also play with solid second base. The bat really came to play last year. Kike Hernandez, only making $7 million next year for these Red Sox. Multiple positions. The bat plays. He showed up in the playoffs when they needed him most. Postseason legend, Kike Hernandez. And he's fun as shit. Yeah, he's got that weird smile. He does. <laughs> Tightens up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, listen, defensive versatility is big. It's super valuable. Chris Taylor is not going to be my best contract for the Dodgers, but it's a good contract because you have defensive versatility and a good bat. That's what Kike Hernandez is. Kike Hernandez has, you know, kind of turned himself into the Swiss army knife. The only problem is he's probably mostly, you know, second base center field, but he could easily go play a corner and put him at third base. Are you more handcuffed than Rafael Devers is over at third base. Absolutely. I'm sure you could give him some time off and you just put Kike there. I'm sure he can't be any worse. Absolutely. Um, it's crazy to say that 13 years, $330 million is a great contract to hand out. But the only guy that meets the big money so far is Bryce Harper. That's the best contract the Phillies have handed out. Yeah. I mean, $26 million a year through 2028, 22 from 2029 to 2031. The deal ends when Bryce Harper is 38 years old. So you have a Hall of Famer for the rest of his career, and he's going to go in wearing a Phillies hat. MVP, paying only $26 million a year? Yeah. Not too bad. You Sign make that up. deal every day of the week. Dude's a walking 400 OBP right now. Absolutely. And he'll, be, and he'll do it next year. I have no reason to believe that he'll even teeter off a little bit. We've talked nope. about it. Like, yeah, I love Bryce Harper so much. Love Bryce Harper. I mean, we're this is a Bryce Harper pod. Yeah. Like we, we think he should have won the MVP. You know, some people said Soto. We said Bryce Harper. We believe in Bryce Harper. And, you know, we were Garrett Cole over Robbie Ray. You know, we look at – we read it through the stat sheet, you know. We're Excel, guys. <laughs> so is – but is Soto better than Harper? I think the answer is yes. Yes. Yeah, he is better but than Harper. Was Harper more valuable to the Phillies than Soto to the Nationals? Yes. Yeah, he was. You look at how the Phillies season shakes out. They are 10 games under five hundred without Bryce Harper. And they yep. were a fringe postseason team with Bryce Harper. I mean, the way that guy carried the Philadelphia Phillies was ridiculous. It was most valuable player. Now we move on to my favorite team, the New York Yankees. When you go through the New York Yankees, there's a lot of contracts. You know, one of the highest payrolls in baseball. So who actually has a good one? Well, you could argue that Giancarlo Stanton, uh, you couldn't really argue. You know, I mean, it's just a lot of money and a lot of years, but he's been very good recently. You know, you move down the line. I don't like a lot of their bullpen signings with Chapman and Britain. So, you know who I chose, Jack? Just guess. It wasn't Aaron Hicks either. Because seven years, 70 million is a fine deal, I guess. A lot of years for a guy who has just been off injured. I still like him as a player, but seven years for $70 million doesn't feel like a great contract to me. Yeah, I guessed Aaron Boone. It's not Aaron Boone. It is a player. And his name is Lucas Litke. No. One year, 905000 He's going to be one of the best relievers in the Yankees pen next year. That's the best contract that I see on the New York Yankees. And 
I know you probably have a Spock track in front of you. If, and I'll, I'll keep talking so that you can pull it up, but I want you to go through that Yankees roster right now and you tell me where a great deal was because they signed DJ LeMahieu to a big time contract as well. Not crazy, but we saw what DJ LeMahieu did last year. Are we expecting a bounce back? Yes, but moving forward, uh, a little bit worrisome. Gosh. There's a lot of deals in there. Garrett Cole, you know, great pitcher, love him, but he's making a crap ton of money. And we lost in the wild card game last year. Not, you know, I'm not saying that. There's just, there's areas to poke. No areas to poke in Lucas Litke's game. Yeah, I have no idea where the good contract is here. Yep. Keep looking. You won't find it. Did Gio Urshela, uh, let's look at Urshela's one year, 6.5. Yeah. But was that arbitration? And to mostly play, I don't, you know, he might start at third base last year. He had his worst offensive year in a while last year. I get Lucas Licky for under, under a mil. Yeah, yeah. Like I would have said Severino, but like four years, 40, and he was hurt the first two years. He hasn't done shit. I mean, he's that, that is a good deal if he comes back healthy, but it's just, let's see him come back all the way healthy. Yeah. It's you hard. said no, but like it's Lucas Litke. God, that's hard. Okay. Uh, let's move to the central. Now you've got the AL central. I've got the NL central. Let's start with the cubbies. Marcus Stroman's the best deal on the Cubs books right now. They yeah. hit this one out of the ballpark. It was great. Three <laughs> years, $71 million, 25 mil this year and next player option of $21 million in 2024. So if the Cubs suck and they're nowhere close, Stroman can walk after two years. That's fine. Have him through his age 31 and 32 season. The player option is for his age 33 season. Stroman's going to be a veteran presence while these younger arms come up. He's also going to be a veteran presence in the clubhouse while these younger bats come up. The bats are more exciting than any arms that the Cubs have. Can he stick around and can the Cubs commit to winning? It's weird. And tomorrow's episode, no, uh, Thursday's episode, uh, we're going to play GM for the Chicago Cubs. We're going to try and figure out what needs to happen for them to commit to winning or just blow this shit up and wait for the prospect, you know, like insane tidal wave of prospects in 2024 and 2025. I don't want them to be this middle ground team. I don't think Stroman wants them to be this middle ground team, which is why I think whenever this goddamn lockout ends, the Cubs are going to come out like gangbusters and dropping money. I agree. And, you know, I don't want to ruin our conversation when we play GM with the Cubs again on Thursday, like you said. But, you know, I think they're going to make a major move for the biggest shortstop left on the free agency market. Because when you look around the baseball landscape, all 30 teams, who's got $300 million for Carlos Correa? I'm looking around my bedroom. Yeah. And, you know, there's no teams to be on me, but in my mind, I don't see any teams. Yeah. So we'll talk about it, but that's, that's an area of could be kind of cool for the Chicago Cubs or, you know, we'll see. How about the Chicago White Sox on the South side, three years, $50 million for Jose Abreu. The dude's a constant 30 and hundred RBIs been one of the best first basemen in baseball. Now for a while you go through the White Sox and they have a lot of pretty good contracts, but Jose Abreu has just been so solid now for so long. I like the Jose Abreu contract at three years, just 50 million for on average around 16 million a year. Okay. 
Um, now I will listen. You're getting into my domain. Now you got my team, uh, six years, 50 for Luis Robert takes him through his age 29 season. You got two club options here, 2026 and 2027 when he's 28 and 29 years old. Um, that's really good. Also shout out Eloy Jimenez. Eloy signed six years, 43 ahead of the 2019 season. Uh, this is the Rick Hahn special here. I mean, you even look yeah. at the Tim Anderson signing here. Tim Anderson signed six years, 25 ahead of 2017. So he's got club options at 12.5 and 14 after making nine and a half this year. It is Rick Hahn's world in terms of getting guys on good value contracts. And we're just living in it. But I love the Abreu signing. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It, there's, there really is no wrong answer here. I guess it's just kind of whoever you prefer. My thing is it's a short term deal not that much against the cap. And I know what Jose Abreu has done year in and year out. I mean, the dude won the MVP in 2020. So that's where I went there. But Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, all phenomenal. I don't even hate the Moncada deal. Like I, that's probably the worst one, but it's still not that bad of a deal. I, but I love you on Moncada. Am I weird for loving you on Moncada? No, I I love way weirder guys. So if I call you weird for loving Yohan Mankata, then I'm just a freaking square. If I gave you, who would you compare Mankata to value-wise with the Yankees? Contract? No, like just player-wise. He'd be like the best. <laughs> no. Um, who would I compare to him value-wise? Who does he slot in between? I mean, he'd be the starting third baseman immediately. He, after Stanton, Judge. I think he's better than LeMahieu. Yeah, probably. Just what are we going to see from LeMahieu? Glaber. He's better Gary. than Gary. His offense isn't that good. It's not that good. Moncada? No, the Yankees' offense is not that good. Oh, yeah. So he'd probably be. The third best player on the Yankees. The third best hitter on the Yankees right now. Better than Gallo? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gallo is probably the better player. He is the better player. But on the Yankees, he was garbage. I think he'll rebound. But on the Yankees, he was objectively garbage. Just went New York on me. Uh Let's talk about how badly Freddie Peralta got gypped. Five years, $15.5 million for Freddie that he signed in 2020. Granted, I don't think Freddie Peralta knew what Freddie Peralta was going to be at at this point when he signed the deal in 2020. Um, The Brewers bypassed all three years of arbitration with him. They have a club option at $8 million a year in 2025 and 2026. They've got him through his age 31 season in 2027. Freddie Truth or Pod? Yeah, but like we weren't until his third start of 2021. And he signed the deal in 2020. So I think the Brewers saw something to the point yes. where they wanted to commit to five years of Freddie Peralta. Um, but again, I don't think anybody saw this Freddie Peralta coming. I mean, I know, you know, as being the Freddie Truth or Pod, we weren't going to call him a top 10 pitcher moving into the year. No, but hell no. He's making lists. Top 10, top 15. That's how good Freddie Peralta is, though. 
we never saw that we kind of just rode the wave because he turned into this absolute freak show of a phenomenal pitcher and we were just along for the ride because we were like oh this guy's really good and then he Let's turned go. into like something that we've never seen until I, I watched this dude slice and dice the cubs in like on like a 35 degree day in april i was like this dude is sick <laughs> he's insane how about the cleveland guardians this is probably the best contract in the entire sport and that's jose ramirez four years 26 million dollars on average, making six and a half a year. That is the biggest steal that there is. Jose Ramirez is a top 10 overall player in baseball. He's consistent 30 bombs over 20 steals. He chalks in every single category that you could want. And he's a good defender over there at third base. He's the biggest trade chip on the market, even though we probably will never get traded because the value for him is just, I mean, how do you, how do you measure value for a top 10 player in his prime making almost no money? He, it's, he's almost too good of a trade chip to even be traded. And the Guardians shouldn't blow up this team. Arm just wrote up the Cleveland Guardians' top prospects. They got pieces, and they got pieces at the major league level too. Guardians, you should go for it rather than dipping on some of your guys yeah well and jose ramirez has a club option on him for next year at 14 million dollars like you're getting a year and a half of control if the guardians do decide to blow it up the deadline and ship him off that's insanely insanely valuable and he's only 29 years old you got to remember that so joey Votto. Uh, it'd be weird to say that a 10-year, $225 million deal that was signed back in 2014 was a good deal, but Joey Votto has lived up to the billing. He has absolutely earned the Reds $225 million. He makes $25 million this year, and next, he's got a $20 million club option in his age 40 season in 2024, but the reality is Votto still bangs. There's a chance he's banging as a 40-year-old, and they pick it up and they decide to spend $20 million on this guy. Um, it was a clay that posted the question. Clay Snowden who posted the question uh, is Joey Votto, a hall of famer. And I think a lot of people said, yes, he is a hall of famer. It's probably not going to be a first ballot hall of famer, but he is a hall of famer. I'd say you wouldn't say so. Yeah, I guess I, yeah. I don't know. Like I kind of view him and Scott Rowland in the same light. And we think that Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer, but apparently the committee doesn't think that Rowland's a Hall of Famer yet. Joey Votto's a better hitter all time than Scott Rowland, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say so too. But Rowland had the defense. Votto had the defense too, but at a, at a way less premium position. I think Joey Votto will go down as a better all-around player than Todd Helton will. Yeah, but Helton's still fringe. True, but Helton's most likely probably going to make it one day and Roland's most likely going to make it one day I'd say Joey Votto most likely going to make it one day I don't think it's a surefire thing and I see why you're talking I see why you named Joey Votto I'm looking at the list right now like is is Eugenio Suarez a good contract at no. six years 66 million no Mike Moustakis no. no Sonny Gray yeah no yeah yeah but not it's a good Votto. contract not good, yeah, I mean, I prefer Votto, but that's like, you know, three years, 30 million, making 10 million a year. You know, he had a great year last year. And then you got like Shogo Akiyama, not a good deal. I love one year eight for Shogo Akiyama right now. Oof. There are four players. I put this out on Twitter. There are four players last year who hit at least 20 home runs, 
stole at least 20 bases and had a walk rate over 10% in 2021. That was Shohei Otani. That was Jose Ramirez. That was Fernando Tatis Jr. And that was Robbie freaking Grossman. Two-year deal for just $10 million for one of the most underrated outfielders in the game of baseball. He plays over there in Detroit. I'm a Robbie Grossman truther. I'm not going to go as far to say Robbie Grossman is better than Juan Soto, which were some of the comments on our TikTok, the one I posted about Grossman, but I'm not also not going to disagree. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Grossman, a lot sexier. Like he might be the sexiest guy in baseball. Just look. Oh up. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> just going to let it sit for a minute. Uh, I just ran with it with you. Yeah. Grossman's good. Like Grossman underrated. Good. He got to start in Oakland because of course he did. Right. And then it's, it's Oakland and Detroit, the two most, I just irrelevant spots in major league baseball and Grossman is just like kind of mashing and kind of getting on base all the time. He, he had 20 plus runs and 20 plus steals. He was a 20, 20 guy. And I got a comment under my tweet that said, I didn't even know who that was. I was like, <laughs> you do now. Like people don't even know who Robbie Grossman is. And he's a 2020 outfielder over there in Detroit. And Detroit's going to be a little bit better last year. I like their offense. I do. Did you know that Robbie Grossman was on the Houston Astros from 2013 to 2015? Of course. I was following his every move from 2013, 2015 on the Houston Astros. No, no I didn't way. know that when at he, all, actually. <laughs> when he hit 233 in 103 games with the Astros in 2014. People forget about the oh season. Oh, my God. I, to- I even forgot he was a Minnesota twin from 2016 to 2018. And then 19 and 20, he was in Oakland. And then last year, he was in Detroit. Should have seen his prime with the Twins. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you obviously didn't see it in Houston. Um, that was the birth of a star. Um, Yachty Molina. We're, we're joking, but he is good. He yeah, is good. he's good. He's good. He is good. He had a great uh, Yachty Molina is the best contract that the Cardinals have because they keep on signing him to medium length deals, which is hilarious. <laughs> and he's on his second one year deal now. I just want to walk you through chronologically the, the free agent deals that Yachty Molina has signed to stay in St. Louis. Four years, 15 and a half in 2008. Five years, 75 in 2013. Three years, 60 in 2017. One year, nine in 2021. One year, 10 in 2022. This guy keeps on signing small deals and they're getting smaller and smaller and he keeps on performing to the magnitude of that contract. He so outperformed $9 million last year and knowing what Yachty has done, he's definitely going to outperform 10 this year. I like that one. I also think that the Paul Goldschmidt deal is pretty solid. I mean, five years at 130 million. You know, he's a free agent at 2025. You know, you're getting him from 2020 to 2024. Those are great years of Paul Goldschmidt. Had a great year last year. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like this Goldschmidt contract. I, you know, but Yachty, Yachty at one year, whatever, is always a great deal. But I'm going to go with the Goldschmidt contract. I think that's pretty solid. Fair. So how about Kansas City Royals? Royals legend. Guy's been on their team for a while now and is probably their, eh, maybe not their all-around best player, but he's definitely one of them. Whit Merrifield, four years, 16 mil a year. For a guy who stole 40 bases last year, and when we talked about positional versatility, he's got it. He was Kike Hernandez before Kike Hernandez was Kike Hernandez. You know, he can play center field. He can play second base. He can play all around the diamond. Whit Merrifield, Swiss Army knife. 
is like a lock and key. Love this guy. Gamer. That's how I'm describing him. Whit Merrifield, four years, 16 million. Great deal. Yeah, I like the deal. I was also just looking at all the deals that Carlos Santana has signed in his <laughs> career. These are hilarious. I'm just going back. I'm looking at five years, 21 with Cleveland in 2012. In 2018, he signed three years, 60 with the Phillies. And he signed two years, six in 2019. And then he just signed a one-year, half-a-million-dollar deal. Or no, that was in Cleveland in 2020. Uh, he's on a two-year, um, I'll tell you right now, he's, he's about to enter year two of a two-year, $17.5-million-dollar deal with Kansas City. I mean, these are hilarious here. Um, yeah, they're good. I also really like the Salvador Perez deal. Four years, 82 mil, starting in 2021. So yeah. you just got nearly a 50 homer season from Sal Perez at age 31. You got a club option when he's 36. He's going to be a DH in a year, but I'm willing to pay $20 million for a guy that has earned it, been a World Series winning catcher, uh, and has been obviously a f- tremendous leader for you. How about this? Not even just on the field. How about what he's going to do and be able to provide for MJ Melendez? Right. So you're also right. basically you're hiring a part-time coach as well. Right. Salvador right. Perez is one of the great leaders. He's a champion. You know, he hit fucking 48 bombs last year. Yeah. It's a great deal. I, I just wits making four years. He's making four million a year, dude. Sixteen yeah. million dollars. What? Yeah, no, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. Hard to beat it. Uh, last team in the NL Central for me is Pittsburgh. I think they have two guys that they've actually signed to deals on their roster. Aside from that, it's, you know, homegrown talent that they haven't signed to extensions yet or gotten via trade. Um, it's Felipe Vasquez, who's making like 10 mil this year in the bullpen. And like, okay, yeah, Felipe Vasquez kind of throws gas. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the one-year $5 million deal they just handed to Roberto Perez to be the downgrade behind the plate when Jacob Stallings got traded to Miami. Uh, one-year five mil, can't hit for shit. He's a career like 206 hitter. But you know what? He's got two gold gloves, baby. Roberto Perez, two-time gold glover behind the plate for five mil. I thought the Pirates did pretty well there. They got some decent, you know, exciting players from the Marlins. And then they just go right back around and sign Roberto Perez, who's going to give you, I mean, not much worse than Jacob Stallings because Jacob Stallings, at least offensively, is not the best option in the world. Phenomenal defender and had a great defensive season last year. But Roberto Perez can at least be almost as good as Stallings defensively. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if Roberto Perez does a better year offensively. I think the Pirates actually made out pretty well on that deal. Well, it's kind of nice because you have Perez this year. He's the stopgap, and then there's a chance that Henry Davis breaks camp with you in 2023. Exactly. And Henry Davis, you know, he's the, he's not, you know, a high school project. He was a phenomenal hitter at Louisville and should be major league ready pretty soon. So I think that's great. I think that's a great deal. I think I actually have to stop saying break camp now. I don't think I'm allowed to say that because there's no camp here. Um you know, there might not be baseball in 2023. Keep going at your stress ball. We'll hold on. What would we do with this podcast when Rob Manfred decides that baseball is now extinct and we never see it again? He's not gonna do that. More <laughs> than likely, we're we're just gonna miss like two weeks. The month at the most. You a month. Think, do you a month? think maybe you think what we're gonna miss more? No, like I think we're gonna miss a month. 
And that sucks. Like, that's a dagger to the sternum here. We're missing a month of baseball. Guess we're just going to fill our time with college baseball in the minor leagues. College baseball is fire. I just, uh, I just circled a, um, I circled a weekend, April 23, 24 or something. Vandy visits Kentucky. I'm going to go down to Lexington, Kentucky Ooh. and go see Vandy and the Wildcats. Fire. Yeah. Should I talk about the Twins now? Their yeah, best deal? Jorge Polanco. Five years, $25.7 million. One of the better short stops. I know everyone says he's going to move back to second base, but he should play shortstop for the Minnesota Twins. He's just, he's got everything in his bag. He's got power. He's got speed. He's got good bat to ball skills. I know over there at shortstop, he hasn't been great there defensively, but I feel like you just got to give him a shot over there. And when I look at the Twins farm right now, Royce Lewis was supposed to be that guy to kind of take the next step. I mean, they drafted him first overall. He's the shortstop of the future, but we just need to see him healthy. I like Corey Polanco over there at shortstop. And everyone said, no, he shouldn't play short. He should play second. I don't know. I, I like him over there at short. You still think Royce Lewis is the answer at short when he's healthy? I still think he's incredibly talented. You don't? I, I think he's talented. Um, they drafted him first overall not that long ago. They got to try him. Yeah, they got to try him, but like they also had to try Nick Gordon, and that didn't really go well. But they had to try him. But they had to try him. And also Nick Gordon, I don't think, was as high level as a prospect as Royce Lewis. I like the idea of, I think, worst-case scenario with a guy with 1-1 talent even though it was a couple of years ago out of high school, I think the worst case scenario with Royce Lewis is you have a third middle infielder. I think if you have Jorge Polanco at short, Austin Martin at second, and Royce Lewis as the rover that can hop between the two when one of them needs a day off, that's a pretty solid middle infield. You think Royce Lewis is a bust, basically, then? I do, yeah. Well, he hasn't, I, like, stay on yeah, the field. I mean, yeah, he hasn't. I mean, it's so far, but he's still young, right? Remember, he's a high schooler. You know, he's not 23, 24. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's 21 years old. I think you're right. He's still got plenty of time. You know, torn ACL, that's tough on a guy like that, especially at that young of an age. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll battle back. I still think he's going to be a starter in this league. How good of a starter? That's the question, but that's not the question that we need to answer right now. The question is, should Jorge Polanco play shortstop? And I'm saying yes, because he's way above average. Well, Jorge Polanco, some say is like 28 years old. I say he's like 37 years old. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not, which is crazy. I feel like this dude has been in the league for 20 years and he's like 26. I know. <laughs> I sort of felt that way, but the more I think about it, you know, the more Jorge Polanco is 26 and should play shortstop. Yeah, uh, let's launch into the West here. I'll start with the NL West. The best deal that the Dodgers have right now, it came down to two for me. One of them's Mookie Betts. 12 years, 365, starting in 2020. You're paying Mookie through his age 39 season in 2032, making anywhere from $25 million to $35 million on an annual basis. With Mookie, like, we know how talented this guy is. And we know that even his floor is like top 10, 15 player in baseball. And a top 15 player in baseball is worth $30 million a year. That's how the market has transformed. Mookie is so athletic. He impacts the game in like seven ways. And he is, I, 
I mean, I love watching him play baseball. I know you do too. I think he's one of the best players in baseball for the next seven or eight years. And I think you're getting your value there. He's top five right now. He's top five. Yeah. And top five best players in baseball are Mike Trout, Juan Soto, Ronald Cooney Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., and Mookie Betts. That's my five. Who's on the outside looking in? Shohei? J-Ram, Judge, Harper. Shohei, Vladdy. Well, Shohei, what the, how the hell do, what Yeah, like, Shohei's, like, zero. (laughs) Yeah, Shohei's literally zero. Like, I I see these lists where he's ranked, like, four. I'm like, why is he four? That makes no sense to me. He's, like, if, if he does both. He's better than Mike Trout if we're looking at what he does. But, like, how do we project moving forward? We've never seen anyone do this. So, I have no idea where to rank Shohei. Sometimes I think I'm going to make a top 10 and just put him on the side. Be like, you rank him wherever you want. He's one of them, though. Yeah, no, I mean, like, he he's like the final boss in a video. Like, Shohei is endgame. Shohei is the guy that is standing at the end of the at the end of the tunnel. He's where the light shines from. Um, and, when, and when I said my top five, I had no pitchers in there. That was just position players. Those are my five position players because you could throw DeGrom Burns in there, Cole maybe, but right. those are the guys. Well, Zach Davies too, yeah. Zach Davies, um, Kyle Hendricks, you know. Right. Alex Terry Mills. Yeah. Yeah, Alec Mills. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> another Dodger that I do want to shout out is Max Muncy. Three yeah, years, that, 26 that mil. Yeah. I mean, Muncy, like three years, 26 mil to bypass two years of arbitration, a club option at $13 million in 2023. He hits the open market at 33 years old in 2024. Muncy's the right answer. I just think you're going to get the Hall of Famer in Mookie. Yeah, I like how you said that, though. I like it because you added both of them in. Muncie is the answer, but also Mookie is making his money, and he's worth it. And Mookie, I've always said, is the the player in baseball that does the most that you don't see on the stat sheet. I think he's the smartest baseball player on the field. You know, when he came over to the Dodgers, he taught them how to win. And that was something that was communicated in their locker room. I mean, our guy Dustin, who's, you know, deep within the Dodgers – he, he says that all the time. Mookie Betts changed the fabric of how the Dodgers think on the field. I mean, obviously with the front office and, you know, their, their new philosophies. But Mookie Betts, cerebrally, cerebral, surgical. Mookie Betts, top five, no doubt. Don't want to hear anything about. But wouldn't you agree that those are the five? Like, do you have any gripes if, you know, if we're not having Otani or DeGrom? Those are the, that's the five. That's the five. Uh, Trout, Soto, Acuna, Tatis, and Mookie. Mookie. Vladdy is six. See, you rank Vladdy higher than I do. Um, Yeah, he's got to be in there. So you think Vladdy is for sure better than Freddie? Yeah. Is he? After yeah. one year? You saw him swing. Yeah, it was pretty good. bombs and everything yeah because see maybe i've maybe i'm maybe i'm being too stubborn on that i just feel like freddie freeman what he's done year in and year out the presence in the locker room i value that and from all reports freddie freeman is the ultimate locker room guy i just i want freddie in the locker room and i want to see vladdy do it one more time for me to rank him above him and that's all i'll take not a lot of people would agree with that you said you said the bat of Julio Rodriguez is revolutionary. I'll use the word revolutionary for Vladdy's bat. I think that's fair. Yeah. That would make more sense than Julio Rodriguez probably. <laughs> but Julio Rodriguez actually could have a bat like Vlad. 
maybe not 80 hit tool like Vladdy does, but pretty good. All right. My turn. Yeah. Your turn. Let's talk about one of the guys that we've been talking about. The angels Shohei Otani. No doubt. Two years, eight and a half million. What you want me to tell you about Shohei Otani? About how he's had the greatest season of all time. Shohei Otani, two years, eight and a half. Kidding me. Yeah. We've talked about him enough. Uh, San Francisco, Brandon Crawford just signed a two-year, $32 million extension through next year. Um, that's piggybacking off of six years, 75 that he signed in 2016. So that took him through the end of the 2021 season. Two for 32 just kicked in this year, and it'll be in play next year too. Crawford just earned it. He totally turned the page on his career, and he unlocked this new characteristic of his game that was never there before, and that was the long ball. How did that happen? He was always one of the best defensive shortstops in the game, and he always could hit a little bit, slap the ball around the yard. But now he's starting to put a charge into the baseball at like 34 years old. What's going on? But Brandon Crawford, that's a great investment. Absolutely great investment. I'm just going through it right now. The only thing that I think would rival that, I mean, I know it's a new contract, so you haven't even seen him play on the Giants yet, but I love the two-year $20 million deal for Alex Cobb. I think Alex Cobb is just going to rebound. And he had a great year last year for the Angels. You put him with that San Francisco coaching staff. I'm a big believer in Alex Cobb. And I think, you know, we talk fantasy baseball and not gambling advice all the time. Like he's a pitcher that I want to grab late in rounds um, because I think he's going to have a great year and nobody's going to care about Alex Cobb at all. They're just going to go that 34 year old, you know, Alex Cobb. I remember him on the Rays, but is he actually good? When is the last time he's been good? Last year, he was good. Next year, I think he's going to be good too. How about it? about it so let's go to the astros this one's clear in my opinion yuli guriel one year seven million dollar deal dude won the batting title last year next yeah that works <laughs> i mean what, what else are we gonna say no i mean you got kyle tucker and Jordan alvarez that you know have either you know they haven't signed a deal yet yeah, they're still yeah, going exactly. to the arbitration thing um mccullers signed like a decent deal we'll see how that yeah. pans out um but yeah, like Gurriel, they, they keep getting him for cheap, which is great. Yeah. I mean, he's he was one of the best hitters in the American League last year. And yeah. Paying seven-ish million. Steal. Is it weird to say, look at San Diego and tell me where you see the best deal? Because they they traded for Musgrove. Um, Hassan Kim, terrible deal. Here's the thing. Like, hear me out on this. Because Machado looks like a I know good what you're deal. Gonna right. say. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I think Fernando Tatis is already the best deal on this team. What do you think? I think Blake Snell is going to bounce back next year. And at $10 million a year, Yeah, but that was signed. a trade. True. Yeah, they didn't sign that. Yeah, no, you're they right. They didn't sign Clevenger, they didn't get that one either. They trade. Yeah. Like, the question is Machado or Tatis. And... I mean, and we I'd just we just think you and and Machado makes more on an annual on an annual value basis. Yeah, like, Tatis signed fourteen years, three forty ahead of his age twenty two season this past year, twenty twenty two this year. It was going to be his first be year free, of arbitration. I was just crazy seeing that he'll be a free agent in twenty thirty five. Like that's yeah. just like oh my god, that's right? So. Let's walk you through it here. Um, I'm not going to give you like the annual value numbers here. 14 for 340, a full no trade clause through age 29 in 2028. 2028 feels like forever from now, and he's only going to be 29 years old. 
a 10-team no-trade list through his age 35 season in 2034. He becomes that free agent in 2035. So Yankee fans, make sure you circle 2035 so you know you can go get a 36-year-old Fernando Tatis Jr. And you know they will. Yeah, they probably will. They'll sign him to one year, you know, 25 mil just to parade him around. Uh, And then play him at third. Yeah, perfect. But like, you just commit to who we think is Alex Rodriguez clean, spending his entire career in your uniform. Agreed. Athletics. What do you think I'm going to say? Um, I don't know. The guy who I think would be a great fit on any team. The guy yeah. with a 382 on base percentage last year. The guy with an 800 OPS last year, and that's Tony Kemp. He's only making $2.5 million a year to be a great utility man. I freaking love Tony Kemp. Were you expecting me to say somebody else? No. Because when like, you heard 382 OBP and you heard an 800 OPS, you're like, oh, this is a good player. Oh, it's Tony Kemp again. Wait a minute. Tony Kemp is a good player, you freaking dick. Okay. Uh, no, they just haven't signed anybody else. Like they haven't signed Olsen to an extension. They haven't signed Chapman to an extension. Um, yeah. I, cool. <laughs> Tony Cap. Boom. Tony there Kemp. we go. Um, the Rockies, it's hard, <laughs> but Herman Marquez at five years, 43 ahead of the 2019 season. Marquez is pretty solid. It's they bypassed nice. all three years of arbitration with him. He's making 11 this year. He's making 15 next year. He's got a club option for 16 in 2024. They signed him through his age 29 season. Marquez, if he wasn't in Colorado, it's like the John Gray thing. Marquez may be a better pitcher than John Gray. We've mm-hmm. thought, you know, okay, now that John Gray is out of Coors Field, he might be a fringe all-star caliber starter. Marquez looks like a two, maybe a three, but a two. Marquez could easily be a two for a playoff team. He's just got to get out of Colorado. And that just brings us into the Rangers. I picked John Gray, four years, 56 million, the newly signed Texas Ranger. You know, he had a 4.59 ERA last year, but a 3.95 expected ERA. He's going to be better outside of Coors Field, and I think he's going to be better than even a 3.95 in Arlington. I like John Gray. I'm a fan of John Gray. I think he's a bounce back candidate. I think he's a great ad for your fantasy baseball team next year. You know, that revamped Texas lineup. I think he could win a couple games as well. Give me John Gray. He's a great option. Yeah, he was a uh, he was an Oklahoma Sooner, right? Boomer Sooner. I also do like the Semyon contract. It's long. Long, but I like it. Because Semyon is just, above all else, clubhouse guy as well. All yeah, reports, he, he also just mashes. And he's a leader, yeah. And he mashes. We yeah. know that, though. I just love that he was a bad shortstop turned gold glove second baseman. It's awesome. I mean, that that's happened before. Makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Um, last one for me. If Jose Ramirez isn't the best contract in baseball, then Cattell Marte is the best contract in baseball. Five years, $24 million. He signed in 2018 as a 24-year-old. He bypassed all three years of arbitration. He's making $8 million this year. He's got a club option for $10 million next year and another club option for $12 million in 2024. He hits the open market in 2025 as a 31-year-old. Cattell Marte can do absolutely everything on a baseball field for you. He can hit for power. He can hit. He can spray it all over the field. He can swipe bags. He can play exceptional defense wherever you put him. He's got a high baseball IQ, but God damn it, he's in Arizona and they suck. And they suck and he gets injured every so often because he's so freaky and so explosive that it's almost like the Jose Reyes effect 
I always say like, you're just too explosive for your own body. Yeah. You're just, when you run it, when you're legging out a triple, like you're just running at speeds that humans shouldn't be able to do. So then you pull a hamstring because well, your hamstrings can't even handle it. You know what it is? It's the DeGrom thing. Like it's, it, yeah. nobody should be able to sit at 102 Seriously. for a start. Seriously. And then they're pushing the limits of what a human can do. And Ketel Marte is a guy with 110 plus exit velos. He walks out of bed like that, but he's also got one of the top sprint speeds. He's just so freakishly talented. But if it's not Ketel Marte, and it's not Jose Ramirez for the best contract in baseball. It's probably Chris Flexen. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, but the Chris Flexen deal for the Mariners was awesome. Two years, $4.75 million for a middle-of-the-rotation guy with the upside to be better. It's a great deal for the Seattle Mariners. And they got a bunch of good ones. But Chris Flexen, I would say, was the best one. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I think you need a lot of those guys as the young people continue to come up here. And you've got guys that are working their way through team control here. You look at you know, the outfield where you're going to have Kalanick and Julio Rodriguez and, and Kyle Lewis and, you know, whoever else you, you plug and play there. I'm just hell bent on Chris Bryant being a Seattle Mariner. And I think like whatever number he signs for is going to be a good deal for them because they need that so badly. I know. I, yeah, we're on the same boat there. I love that fit for him. It's perfect. It's perfect. I just, I hope they don't. It's going to be like are the Seattle Mariners in the same off season going to give Robbie Ray nine figures over five years and at the same time then probably have to give chris bryant another nine figure contract it's not normally what jerry depoto does i don't know what the prices are going to look like out of this lockout i've got no That's idea. another good point because also how many games are we going to play you know they're going to prorate salaries yeah that's another thing what happens if they don't play the games are the salaries prorated yes like that's insane. I mean, you're not I playing mean, I the get it. number of games. Yeah. Frustrating. Stress ball has just gotten so much work. Yeah. I was it white when you got it? Because it's like dark yellow now. That might be hand sweat. Hand sweat. Look how gross that is. That's disgusting. Disgusting. No, but it wasn't. It wasn't peak white. I don't think. Actually. Why wouldn't it have been peak white? So yeah, I think it was. I think it is. Yeah, I think it was too. Bro, That's gross. Yeah, that is gross. It's how mad I've been. I'm just squeezing it like just reading Jeff Passan's Twitter. Yeesh. Oi, uh, everything sucks right now, but it's okay because you can go get your merch. We're both wearing just baseball merch. Um, you're doing top 10 second base with Kobe on not gambling advice tomorrow. Yeah. That'll drop. No, that'll drop Wednesday. So on um on Monday, which was yesterday, we <laughs> did a college baseball betting preview. Um, we gave you our top five teams that we think can win the college baseball world series. That was with Colby Olson. And then of course, one of the hosts of our new college baseball podcast, boys of spring, Ben Bellotti, and also the full write-up. We did 10 teams on um, justbaseball.com with trends to watch for the college world series. And then Aram just came out with his Cleveland Guardians top prospects as well. We got a lot of things humming. Yeah, listen to the call up. I, I hopped on with Aram to talk about the Cleveland top 10. I also, after we got through the top 10, I ran him through a name of like 20 honorable mentions. I'm telling you, we could have done a top 30 for the Guardian. Like deepest system in baseball. And I, I truly believe second best system in baseball only behind Seattle. Wow. Because they, they're not they're not at the top. 
I mean, at the top, it's still really good, it, but it's, but it's fine. just it goes all the way down, huh? It's fine. So like um, Seattle, obviously, the type the top flight talent is insane because you got Julio Rodriguez, Noel V. Marte, um, George Kirby, Emerson Hancock. Boom. Like those guys are really, really good. You look at that Cleveland, rash. Espino is really good. Valera is really good. But after that, there's there's this fall off. But the guys like, you know, Rokio is probably a top 100 guy as well. And then you get to like the 101 to 150 range if you're looking at the top 100. And it's 101 to 150 Guardians. feel like they could all be Cleveland Guardians. Interesting. Yeah. So they just have a lot of trade pieces. Like, do they have legit big leaguers coming up? That's the thing. Yes. It's like how so- many... That's what we were talking about. You have you like no. Don't give it away. Stops. They gotta go listen to the call up. Yeah, they gotta go listen go, to you guys on the call. Listen we're to the call up. So now, go figure out who are the right trade pieces. Like who are the ones that are actually big leaguers for the Guardians and who are big leaguers elsewhere, um, and who can get you a return? Because I think the Guardians could like win right now with the prospect assets that they have. They have so many freaking assets. Just start dishing them for big league ready guys and go win. And with that, thank you, everybody. 